When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Andrew Giuliani wants to be the next governor of New York. Andrew Giuliani. I shouldn't fumble your last name because that's key here, Andrew. It's not that, Andrew. On the Red Apple Podcast Network, here's Andrew Giuliani. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Not That, Andrew. I am going to be doing this one solo today. Uh, We've had city council candidates on the last few different episodes, but uh, speaking of episodes... I think about something that happened basically three years ago, almost exactly three years ago to the date that this podcast is going to come out. And what I'm talking about is the Black Lives Matter and Antifa protests. I'm sorry. The media have been calling it protests, riots outside of the White House in Lafayette Square when President Trump was still in office. I, of course, was working for President Trump at the time. And I remember a few days before finding out about uh, and seeing the video of George Floyd uh, being killed by the police officer. Uh, Obviously uh, tragic. We know that George Floyd was uh, a menace to society, um, but he did not deserve that fate. It's also okay to say that He was murdered, even though he was uh, a menace to society at the same time. With that being said, uh, we saw Black Lives Matter and Antifa at that point really start what was really considered the summer of, well, I guess the left media would call it the summer of peaceful protests. Um, But how many times did we see reporters, and I specifically remember this one MSNBC reporter standing behind a blazing building, burning saying mostly peaceful protests. Um, I'm sorry, MSNBC, if you want to work on your narrative about peaceful protests, you probably shouldn't be be behind a burning building. But, you know, over the last couple of years, we've heard so much about the January 6th insurrection, if you will. Uh, But what we haven't heard much about is the riots, the riots that caused tens of billions of dollars of damage all across the country. And really, in my mind, The riot that started this was the Lafayette Square riot outside of the White House when President Trump was president. It happened really from May 29th through June 1st, uh, and it prompted President Trump, along with the first lady, Melania Trump and Barron, his his youngest son, into the underground bunker in the White House. uh, And you actually had 50 Secret Service officers injured. 11 were sent to the hospital, three admitted. The media does not tell you about this. They continue to report on January 6th. They continue to report about the damaged property on January 6th. But they don't talk about the fact that the entire Secret Service, every single agent that was stateside, was brought in to the White House to protect them. I remember in the meetings beforehand when it was determined that all staff, myself included, the chief of staff was there, uh, the director of operations who was a former Secret Service agent was allowed to stay, but all other staff 
was sent home at two o'clock that day, uh, basically because the Secret Service felt if there were breaches that they could not protect anybody else. I know there was other staff, myself included, uh, that asked to stay, that asked if we could do anything in case Secret Service needed medics or medical help or anything like that. And they basically said that we would be more of a liability than we would be helpful. So what White House staff ended up doing was we ended up pooling together money. I think I threw in $100, and, and I think that's kind of what most staffers threw in, you know, junior staffers, a little less, whatever they could afford, to be able to buy food for all the Secret Service agents at the White House, because we didn't know if they were going to be there for an hour, uh, 12 hours, more like 12 to 24 hours. But we knew that if it got bad, it could be days and days. Um, so they bought a lot of non-perishable items uh, with that. Uh, but that's really what it was preparing for. I remember walking out of the White House on May 30th and I remember looking at the Secret Service in their uh, armor and in their bunker gear. And it really looked like they were preparing for battle. Uh, it reminded me of looking at the modern day Spartans, basically, with the shields because they had the clear shields to get ready for those protests. Uh, and as we know now, 50 Secret Service agents uh, actually got injured that day. Uh, media does not talk about that. But I, I want to get a little bit deeper into this because uh, recently, just a few months ago, actually the Biden Department of Justice paid off some of these, they call them protesters, really they're rioters, um, after the U.S. Park Police cleared Lafayette Park. Now, it was found by also the Biden administration that Lafayette Park was not cleared for President Trump. If you guys remember, the church just north of the White House, St. John's, was actually burned during that part of it was burned during the, quote, peaceful protests. Churches don't get burned during peaceful protests. That's just uh, a small piece of information I thought you would like to know. Um, but the Biden White House actually paid off these protesters, even though there was an investigation that found that the reason why those rioters were cleared out was not because President Trump wanted to go and see the damage at St. John's Church, which he had every right to do, and I actually thought was the right thing to do, not because, as the media has alleged, he wanted to take a photo op with the Bible in front of St. John's Church, but because they were a physical threat. When you burn down churches and you are trying to breach the outer, outer perimeter of the White House, you are a threat. And let me tell you this about Secret Service and the job they did that day. If they were not as good as they are at their job and what they did, I can tell you right now, we wouldn't just be talking about a few broken windows. We wouldn't just be talking about somebody breaching the White House or spray painting. We would have actually seen the White House burnt to a crisp that day because Antifa and Black Lives Matter were ready to. You could see it. You could see the 32,000 people that the media kept on covering. It's not peaceful. They were ready for blood. They were trying to do everything they possibly could, not just to disrupt. They were trying to hurt, to injure. They injured those Secret Service officers. And if they had the opportunity, they would have injured not just White House staff, but the president himself. But a couple things I want to get a little deeper into on all this. First off, I want to talk about the statement, and I've got this in front of me right now, 
from the acting chief of the United States Park Police in July of 2020. So still when Trump was president, this was in front of the uh, in front of the Congress. Uh, I'm not sure which committee, but uh, in front of one of the committees that did an investigation on this in Congress. So this is under oath and uh, a Republican testifying under oath. It seems to be very different than a Democrat testifying under oath because uh, they hold Republicans to their words under oath uh, in Congress. Whereas we've seen with Democrats, let's just say Anthony Fauci and uh, James Comey, uh, they don't seem to hold them to their words. So let's take a listen to what the U.S. Department of the Interior said about this incident in particular. In the District of Columbia, the Park Police has primary jurisdiction over federal parkland. So that includes Lafayette Park and the National Mall, which many of you know. You see that's where the Lincoln Monument is, the Washington Monument, where the Capitol is. Uh, Each year, the Park Police facilitates hundreds of First Amendment demonstrations and special events in the Washington, D.C. area. That's something that's been going on for uh, centuries now at this point, Uh, some with permits and some without to ensure the safety of the public and the protection of national national cultural assets. In facilitating these demonstrations, the park police partners and coordinates with numerous public safety and protection agencies within the national capital area of region one. In the days following the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, Minnesota, videos from witnesses and CCTV became public and ultimately led to protests in cities throughout the United States and abroad. The nation's capital became a focal point for demonstrators. One of the most highly concentrated areas of protest occurred in and around Lafayette Park, again, just north of the White House, which sits on the north side of the White House between H Street, between 15th and 17th Streets, northwest. Lafayette Park is recognized as a public forum for freedom of assembly and speech. And I can tell you, I used to walk in to the entrance on 16th Street, uh, and uh, 16th Street and Lafayette Park. And all the time you would see public protests. There actually was a guy, I think before this, who had basically uh, lived in Lafayette Park for the last like 17 years. And uh, he started as an anti-war protester against Bush and he was still there. I think they had to clear him out because of that. But uh, I think he, he was able to go back into that spot. But this is basically the point being that uh, this is a place where people publicly protest all the time and legitimately peacefully protest and and have their voices heard. Uh, I remember Rosie O'Donnell spent time there when Trump was president on something uh, before COVID and before all this. Let me continue on. Lafayette Park is recognized as a public forum for freedom of assembly and speech. The park police is accustomed to managing long and on occasion unruly public demonstrations and spontaneous events at the park, as well as throughout the national capital area of region one. Recently, you just had somebody who tried to drive through the White House gates. That happened multiple times when President Trump was president. I remember one time actually hearing it happen at the gate that was closest to us. And you could see uh, that Secret Service immediately arrested and detained uh, the person who uh, who tried to drive through the White House gates. In these instances, we have an obligation to protect the safety of Peaceful demonstrators maintaining law and order and keep our law enforcement officers safe. Here's where this really gets interesting. Unfortunately, beginning on Friday, May 29th of 2020, public use of Lafayette Park became a danger to public safety. Good order 
and health. Yeah, remember, this was in the middle of the pandemic when we had to say six feet and you had to wear masks and all that, and was inconsistent with the preservation of NPS resources. So again, danger to public safety, good order. This is now not First Amendment. This is an issue of security and safety for the President of the United States, for the United States Secret Service, and also for the demonstrators as well. Violent demonstrations occurred between May 29th and June 1st and included projectiles aimed at law enforcement officials that included bricks, rocks, caustic liquids, water bottles, lit flares, fireworks, and two by four sections of wood. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. That's right. Lit flares, fireworks, and two by four sections of wood. Protesters were also physically combative with members of law enforcement. We know this. These violent protesters caused injuries to over 50 officers of the U.S. Park Police and Secret Service. Of those, 11 officers were transported to the hospital and three were ultimately admitted. The unprecedented and sustained nature of the violence and destruction associated with some of the activities in Lafayette Park and and surrounding park areas immediate and adjacent to the White House required de-escalation. Late Saturday evening, May 30th into Sunday morning, May 31st, the U.S. Park Police, in consultation with the United States Secret Service, decided to temporarily restrict access to Lafayette Park and the adjacent streets and sidewalks by ordering and installing no-scale fencing across the north side of the park. That was like the fencing that was installed for months and months around the Capitol as well. It was much higher than the fencing that you would see, and it was also uh, angled away from the White House, making it tougher to uh, scale. The installation of the fence would meet the resource protection and de-escalation goals while enabling First Amendment activity to continue. Anybody else who wanted to legitimately peacefully protest had the opportunity to do that. They had the space. They had the area to do that outside of the fencing where they could be as loud as they wanted. Don't be violent, though. Once we made the decision to order the no-scale fence, the installation of the fence was dependent on two factors. The first was that we were required to have sufficient resources on scene to safely clear Lafayette Park and 8th Street, which is just north of the White House. And the second was that the fencing had to be present at the park. Both of these requirements were not met until later in the day on Monday, June 1st. Once the fencing arrived on an on-the-ground assessment of the violent and danger presented by the crowd led to the clearing of the park and the installation of the fence for safety reasons. The U.S. Park Police has faced a significant amount of criticism on the heels of the June 1st operation. Remember, that criticism came all the way even from Mark Milley, as a matter of fact, the sellout. 
However, the installation of the no-scale fence on the north side of Lafayette Park was a key tactic that served to greatly reduce the violent behavior of bad actors. The park police take seriously its commitment to protect the public and our nation's parklands and cultural assets, and the decision to install the fencing was in furtherance of that commitment. Fortunately, that decision had the intended effect. Violence dropped dramatically on June 2nd and afterwards in that area, and First Amendment activities continued. Again, violence dropped dramatically on June 2nd and afterward in that area. First Amendment activities were allowed to continue. I believe the vast majority of law enforcement officers throughout this country are dedicated. So he's standing up for his 50 Uh, Over 50 U.S. Park Police and U.S. Secret Service that had to seek medical attention by these uh, by these actors at this point. And that concludes his opening statement to the committee, the congressional committee that heard all of this. Um, Look, I remember hearing this a lot of times as a young man from my father when there were demonstrations, whether it be outside of City Hall, uh, you had. All different types of demonstrations from uh, the Al Sharptons of the world, even the um, even the KKK actually came in with a demonstration. They all had First Amendment rights to be heard. Um, But as soon as there was violence, as soon as their permit expired, and that's actually how my father was able to get the Ku Klux Klan out of New York. I believe it was 1998 or 1999, Uh, but they applied for a permit to protest. Uh, I believe it was outside of City Hall, on the courthouse side of City Hall, so kind of the northeast side. Uh, My father uh, went to court, uh, but the judge granted them uh, the right to protest, and the city had the obligation to protect them for three hours. So I think that was from, let's say, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. So it gets to 3.45, And the uh, commanding officer of the NYPD at the time, this is, uh, spoke to my father. My father said, you guys are packing up at at 4 o'clock, 00, 4 p.m. basically. You are out of there. With 15 minutes to go, I want you to go to the head of the KKK who is protesting at, uh, at, at City Hall and say, we are leaving now. And if you look over here, just a few hundred yards away, there are counter protesters. Uh, we are not going to be able to protect you at that point. Uh, what ended up happening when the head of the KKK looked and realized that they were outnumbered, something like four to one, uh, they immediately packed their bags uh, and left. Um, they had the First Amendment right to do that as much as we vehemently hate their message and what they say. Um The same thing with Sharpton. He has the First Amendment right, even though we vehemently disagree with so much that he has to say. The First Amendment is the thing that we protect most. Uh, As conservatives, it's something that I believe has been infringed upon uh, greatly by the left recently. It's why I don't call them the liberal left anymore. Uh, They are the leftists. They are the illiberal left at this point. Um, President Trump believed in our First Amendment rights, believed in that opportunity to do that. As soon as it goes from a demonstration, as soon as it goes from a protest to violence and the opportunity to potentially harm not just police, but your fellow citizens and also those demonstrators, those who might actually be there going there peacefully, you have gone over the line. You are now threatening your fellow taxpayers. And that is unacceptable. And that's when they need to be broken up. 
And that's when those who are being violent should be arrested and, mind you, prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Another thing, too, when protests, when they shut down traffic, uh, think about this. If you are shutting down traffic for a protest, you are now making it much more difficult for emergency management vehicles to get through. So let's say you're protesting by City Hall and somebody uh, in Battery Park has uh, has a heart attack and the ambulance tries to get from Battery Park to NYU Langone, which is on in the 30s on First Avenue. They now may not be able to get through because you have the protesters that are blocking those uh, areas that are where they are blo- where they are protesting in areas where they should not be, where they did not get permits, where they they did not get the designated permits to protest. Uh, that is potentially harming your fellow citizens. I think any time that protests go in areas where they are not permitted, especially if it goes dur- in the roadways or if it is threatening potentially where our children are in park places, uh, then they should be arrested and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Protests are something that is American. And doing this the right way, the legal way, that's something that we should all champion and uh, something that just because we disagree with somebody or something, we shouldn't take away. But as soon as they end up infringing upon emergency management's opportunity to go somewhere to get somebody potentially to a hospital, uh, then that's something that needs to be shut down. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, Another thing I want to point out about all this, because I think it's so amazing when you consider the way that the media has covered the January 6th riots, versus uh, the riots that happened all throughout the summer into the fall of 2020. Uh, You know, in 2021, uh, at the time, Biden's Interior Department Inspector General, so this is Biden's administration, uh, they looked into what happened in terms of the clearing of uh, Lafayette Park. And here is what the Interior Department Inspector General, Biden's Interior Department Inspector General found. The evidence established that relevant USPP officials had made those decisions and had begun implementing the operational plan several hours before they knew of a potential presidential visit to the park, which occurred later that day. As such, we determined that the evidence did not support a finding that the USPP, the U.S. Park Police, 
cleared the park on June 1st so that then President Trump could enter the park. Again, we determined that the evidence did not support a finding that the U.S. Park Police cleared the park on January, on June 1st for President, park, President Trump. But the media absolutely crushed the Trump White House for this. They continued to say that Trump did this for a photo op. No, he didn't. He did this because things were not just getting unruly, but his police, U.S. Park Police, the Secret Service, were getting injured because things were getting wild because they literally burned down a church. They burned down a church. It's wild when you think about this. And to add to that, in 2022, you guys won't believe this, the Biden Justice Department actually settled with some of these rioters that sued over the clearing of the park in 2020. So you have both the Trump White House, the Trump Interior Department, and the Biden Interior Department saying that Trump did not clear these people out for a photo op, that they cleared it out because of the unruliness, because it was dangerous, because there were violent protests and they could not control said crowd. And it was a danger, not just to the U.S. police, but to the rioters as well. Yet, here's what the Department of Justice found, the Biden Department of Justice found. Today, the Biden Department of Justice announces that it has reached an agreement to settle claims in four civil cases arising from the June 1st, 2020 law enforcement response to racial justice demonstrations in Lafayette Park in Washington, D.C. As part of the settlement, the U.S. Park Police and the U.S. Secret Service agreed to update and clarify their policies governing demonstrations. What about riots? Can we... Can we actually call this a riot in terms of what it is? Let me continue. And to implement the policy changes within 30 days of today's settlement, the plaintiffs, Black Lives Matter DC, yep, the ones that that's $9 million in debt, and individuals who attended the protests agreed to dismiss their claims for equitable relief against the United States. It's amazing. We have settled with rioters, with violent rioters who injured our police. Uh, and in a statement, we have even said against the United States changes to the agency's policies include more specific requirements for the visible identification of officers limits on the use of non-lethal force and procedures to facilitate safe crowd dispersal. The federal government is committed to the highest standards for protecting civil rights and civil liberties in any federal law enforcement response to these demonstrations. These changes to agency policy for protests Responses will strengthen our commitment to protecting and respecting constitutionally protected white uh, protected rights. Uh, this continues on. So let me get to the uh, let me get to the main point of this. This is a very dangerous president. When you pay off what were not just professional protesters with which is what Black Lives Matter and really Antifa in this case and in so many cases all around, whether it be Portland, whether it be the uh, the zone in Portland where the autonomous zone where they could govern in their mind. Um, but when you end up paying rioters off after doing that, in the future, it incentivizes rioters to do that, to do that same kind of behavior when they know. That there might be, and this isn't a conservative cause in this case, because you're talking about protecting the president of the United States. So let's say when they know that there is an opportunity to potentially receive a payoff for a potential 
protest, for a potential riot, if they can be unruly enough and if they can get a response from the United States of America, that is going to going to incentivize more bad actors to do riotous behavior like this against our police. And to me, as somebody who lived through it, as somebody who was friends with those Secret Service officers, many of those Secret Service officers that were called in that day, uh, it's a very slippery slope and a very dangerous precedent. And it's something that even though it happened three years ago, uh, I remember it like yesterday. I remember seeing those officers, as I said at the beginning of, of the show, uh, walking in and seeing them as I was walking out in their bunker gear ready to go. Um, and uh, it, it's, uh, it's just very scary for our country. Uh, we should always protect our First Amendment rights. I've been very clear on this as much as I vehemently disagree with, with Andrew Cuomo, as much as I believe that blood is on his hands. I think John Katzmatidis not just has every right, but I think in the spirit of our Constitution should give him a platform here on WABC. Even though I disagree with almost everything he said, and even though uh, I think he was uh, a petulant child when Rita, Rita Cosby interviewed him, uh, he has that right to come on air. He has earned that right as a former governor of the United States uh, of, of New York. Um, I vehemently disagree with him, but I'll protect his First Amendment rights and all of our First Amendment rights. Um, this is a very dangerous precedent. When we see violent rioters all around the country and you see the Biden Justice Department siding with those rioters against law enforcement, these are not peaceful protesters. These were people that tried to burn down different federal buildings, cities, and even the White House. It's something that as Americans, we should not let stand whether you're red or blue, because the truth is the red, white, and blue matters far more than whatever political colors we are. Thank you very much for joining me today on Not That Andrew, and I look forward to seeing you guys again next week. 